Support for this podcast comes from San Francisco International Airport. At SFO, you can discover award-winning flavors and unique shops all before takeoff. Learn more about what's at SFO at flysfo.com. Hey, it's Avery Truffleman, host of Articles of Interest. And I've got to say, I've been a fan of KQED ever since I was a little kid, and I would come out to San Francisco to visit my grandma. It was just What we'd always turn on every time we got in the car, every time we were making dinner and turning on the radio, was always KQED. And then over the years, I've become a massive fan of KQED podcasts because this is local reporting at its best. These are answers to questions you've always wanted to know, interviews with exciting, unusual voices, necessary journalism, all told with love and care and artistry. And did you know that a majority of KQED's funding actually comes from members? It's just people like you and me supporting the programs they love while also getting access to cool events, behind-the-scenes footage, and so much more. If you want to sign up and be a part of this amazing community, visit donate.kqed.org slash podcasts to become a member today. That's podcasts with an S. Thank you for listening, and thank you for your support. From KQED. Quinn Jasmine Redwoods remembers a time when wearing masks wasn't really second nature yet, like back in 2017 during what would become one of the deadliest and most destructive fires in California history. I was driving down San Pablo and there's a food distribution center on 37th Street and I just kept seeing people on the street not wearing masks in really nasty air. And I became very concerned. They started Googling, swung by a local store and picked up some masks. It was about 300 masks and sat in my car and created a Twitter account at Mask Oakland. That was the beginning of a grassroots effort that has since distributed more than 100,000 masks to mostly unhoused and disabled people. They've gotten used to distributing masks during fire season. But of course, this year is different. So we're also just trying to take that community power and values that we express during the fires uh, throughout the year. Mask Oakland has grown a lot over the last few years, especially during the 2018 fire season. And now with COVID-19 and all these wildfires, they're helping out with two crises at once. Today, the queer and trans-led organization that's become essential to disaster relief efforts, yet again. I'm Erica Cruz Guevara. Welcome to the Bay. Hi, I'm Sasha Coca, host of the California Report magazine. Every week, we bring you stories about what connects us in the giant, diverse Golden State. Because what happens in California changes the world. I love this place. We were once seen as like the place to be California. The land of milk and honey, that's where you go to Sunshine State, but we just have challenges right now. KQED's California Report magazine. New episodes drop every Friday, wherever you get your podcasts. Hey there, this is Brittany Luce from NPR's It's Been a Minute. KQED's podcasts like The Bay, Bay Curious, Mind Shift, Right Nowish, and more all tell the stories of the Bay and beyond with reliable human-centered journalism. They aim to inspire, make you think, entertain, and expand your understanding of the place you call home. Here's how you can support podcasting at KQED. 
Showing your support is easy, and you can join Brittany in supporting KQED Podcast too at donate.kqed.org slash podcast. That's donate.kqed.org slash podcast. How would you kind of describe Mask Oakland to someone today? I would say Mask Oakland is building community power to help vulnerable communities breathe during smoke crises. Quinn Jasmine Redwoods is a founding organizer for Mask Oakland. We provide masks to houseless communities and the organizations that support them, first and foremost. It's also a disproportionately queer and trans population. It's also a disproportionately Black population and disproportionately disabled. And those are all communities that we really care about. So once you start taking care of those communities, you start to see the connections to other communities who might be housed but still face many of the same issues. Uh, disabled people who maybe live in a poorly insulated building because the landlord hasn't kept it up. Was it obvious for you from the beginning of the pandemic that you needed to help people with this too? I think I was in denial, to be honest, because the season is very intense, the fire season. So to consider remobilizing six months out of cycle, basically, in February or March was tough. I do think that I was foreseeing it a little more. I think in 2017, I was saying, we need to wear these masks. And people were like, really? You know? And by 2018, 19, 20, now people are like, oh, yeah, I need N95s. Ah. What were you hearing from people in the communities that you normally work with around wildfire-related masks, N95 masks? Like, were you getting a lot of questions about whether you were going to be shifting? Definitely. People asked, are you still active? Does this still exist? Are you going to do something? We got a lot of requests. And there was hesitation in the beginning because there was a lot of misinformation from the national government. These people need to wear masks. Those people don't need to wear masks. I, I don't think we cut through that fast enough. It was really hard to deal with. Also, the supply immediately got shut down on every kind of mask. We had thousands and thousands in storage. We gave away about 8,000 to emergency rooms as fast as we could, mostly black neighborhoods like Richmond or Oakland or East Oakland um, instead of like Stanford or Zuckerberg. And we were able to get several thousand uh, surgical masks and start passing those out. I think we've done about 20,000 surgical masks, um, mostly to houseless populations. So, but it was, it was rough. And I think it was just hard to know where to plug in. So I don't think we, I, in some way I'm like, oh, mask is in our brand. Like that should have been our time, but it was kind of no one's time. Like everyone, it's been a lot harder for Mask Oakland to do its work during the pandemic. Normally, Quinn brings people together in their living room to organize and make plans. Now, most of that is either outside or virtual. It's a lot harder to build connection and community right now. And of course, as the pandemic went on throughout the summer, there was always the risk that it would collide with wildfire season. Was there... A part of you as you were organizing around COVID-19 masks for folks, was there a part of you that was also thinking like, damn, we actually might be in a situation where we're dealing with COVID-19 and wildfire season at the same time? You don't want to anticipate that, but you on some level have to. And here we are. I think we definitely 
were immediately worried, like, how does mask distribution, even for COVID masks, operate? You know, we had to come up with protocols to make sure that we weren't spreading anything, to make sure that we weren't, and that can really chill organizing, that can really slow things down. So then adding the kind of numbing factors of being in smoke, and then adding that to the pandemic, which already has disoriented life as we know it, it's quite overwhelming. We also didn't necessarily have a huge population. I tried to mobilize volunteers at different periods. Some of them had COVID. Some of them mm -hmm. were dealing with horrible losses. And so it was just really hard, you know, to respond to something big. It was so hard to build momentum. This week, we're seeing wildfires continuing to burn, especially starting on Tuesday night. Like, what was it like for you to wake up on Wednesday to the news of what was happening. It feels like a truck is coming right at you every time. I was going to bed around 12.30 on Wednesday morning, you know, basically midnight Tuesday. And I got a text saying that the air quality in Pleasanton was at 157. And I said, what, you know? And I looked at the map and I was like, whoa, on Air Visual, that's the app that we use. And already it was some of the worst that the Bay Area has ever seen. Part of being in California uh, in 2020 is things constantly being worse than you anticipated in intersecting ways. California has suffered a devastating week, a blistering heat wave, intense lightning storms, and now far too many wildfires. All of it taxing overwhelmed firefighters and residents who are being forced to evacuate in the middle of the pandemic. Stephanie Sign. There's a lot to be angry about, and it's a lot of shock. So you just kind of kind of navigate the shock and think, what can we do today? Has it been harder to reach the people that you are normally helping because of all these kind of intersecting crises? Everybody is burnt out on reaching out for support uh, because they've, this isn't like the, a sudden need, they've been in this overwhelming situation already. I think that mm -hmm. also people on the street have been offered lots of masks and there's a little bit of kind of a burnout and wariness around masks and articulating that this is different than the other mask moments, but also that these masks also can help with the COVID stuff too. Like it's more complex than, Hey, here's this novel thing, a mask. Yeah. I was, I mean, <laughs> like there are two different needs with masks right now. Like I, I imagine like communicating that, that, information about like the difference between the masks is also like a new thing that you have to do because there was so much you need to wear a mask on the national level uh because of the pandemic international level really mm -hmm. um that people are like well i already have a mask so getting people to slow down and be like well you need this mask <laughs> or is your mask in a 95 mask or like the mask you have doesn't filter the smoke you know and that's kind of, I think, where our community partners, like People's Breakfast Oakland and 
those folks who are distributing a lot of our masks, I think they have ongoing relationships where if I, if they say, Hey, actually these, we have to do different masks right now. It's different than strangers walking into an encampment. So I think it's just about helping people. It's not anyone's fault that this is confusing. You know, it's very confusing. And I think part of our work as Mask Oakland is just to try to make it a little less confusing. The, the gap of information, people don't necessarily have phones. They don't necessarily have any access to the news. And especially with this, where it's changing every few hours, um, people don't have information. So a lot of it is just about getting the information out there and letting people uh, have equitable access to making the same choices that folks uh, who have more resources get to make. And we can give them the choice of a mask, but it's going to take a lot more uh, you know, civil society and government response to actually give them the choice to stay inside. Uh, which is what everyone should have access to. I actually kind of wanted to to go there um, and around like this idea of this this need that you're feeling or that you're filling. Like it's been three years since you started this grassroots effort, and there are the deeper needs that you're finding yourself after having to fill year after year after year. Wh- why do you think you are constantly kind of finding yourself in in this position? The Bay Area is in a deepening crisis of many layers, right? So climate change is real. And we face several threats around climate change. Uh, the big one is, you know, increased risk of fires because of increased heat. Heat waves themselves, as we're experiencing right now, are going to be more intense and more frequent. Uh, drought, uh, which we've struggled with. and more subtle things like increased pollen uh, and that can also make uh, breathing more difficult for a lot of people. Sea level rise, uh, we haven't seen huge issues here, but it's coming. So all these climate forces and we also deal with all kinds of industrial pollution. East Oakland is one of the most uh, polluted uh, places uh, when it comes to ground levels of lead when it comes to all kinds of air pollutants. Um, there's a lot of neglect. It's, it's a shining example of hypocrisy and environmental racism in one of the most, quote, progressive uh, places on earth. And it's disgusting and it's unfair and it's unjust and it's racist. Where are you seeing the highest rates of AQI, often in East Oakland. And that's partly because the background pollution there raises the floor of the air quality index. You're also seeing higher rates of COVID-19 because of poverty, lack of access to care, so many issues in justice. And then obviously houselessness and evictions are a huge thing, including in East Oakland. And so here I am doing this year after year, and I'm trying to keep it relatively uh, focused on the mission, you know, but it's, it's getting more and more expensive with the price of masks. Uh, and the need is so huge, and the consequences of failing to meet that need are huge. We're really hurting, and I know a lot of it is an intentional neglect on an individual basis, but structurally, the neglect is very clear.
We asked Quinn for some mask advice for y'all this wildfire season. They said that staying inside is probably your safest option, which you should be doing anyway. But if you don't have that luxury, an N95 mask is your best bet right now. Put on your mask, make sure you're wearing both straps over your head and feel the edges around your mask and see if there's any air coming in or out. You wanna have a good seal. That's what they mean when they say fit tested. So you wanna test the fit and it's gonna be harder to breathe with a good fit on an N95 mask. Quinn Jasmine Redwoods is a founding organizer of Mask Oakland. Find out how you can help at maskoakland.org. This episode of The Bay was produced by Arati Banlamudi and Alan Montecilio. Our show is made at your public radio station, KQED, and you can catch us on Twitter at The Bay KQED. I'm Erica Cruz Guevara. Stay safe, y'all. Talk to you Monday. Do you love learning about the San Francisco Bay Area? It's history, it's people, it's unique blend of cultures? Then you should check out The Bay Curious Book. I'm Katrina Schwartz, editor and producer on The Bay Curious Podcast, and I'm here to let you know that for the month of May, we've worked out a sweet deal for KQED podcast listeners. Right now, you can get The Bay Curious ebook for $1.99. That's right, $1.99. Just search for Bay Curious wherever you get your ebooks or find a link in our show notes. This offer does expire at the end of the month, though, so you'll want to act on it fast. Happy reading! Hey, it's Glenn Washington from Snap Judgment. And if you love what you're hearing, and I know you love what you're hearing, please consider becoming a KQED member. You get special access to cool events, behind-the-scenes footage, and so much more. Plus, you'll sleep better at night knowing you did your part for the community you depend upon. It's in you. Please be in it. Visit donate.kqed.org slash podcasts to sign up now. That's podcast with an S. Thanks.